This podcast is part of the Telerik Developer Network. Telerik by Progress. Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Steve Smith. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good. How are you doing, Ed? Excellent. Uh, so the other day, um, I was watching some conversations happen on Twitter uh, because of the big .NET uh, Core release. We just had the release of ASP.NET Core, or sorry, .NET Core Standard, um, or .NET Core 2. .NET Standard 2 and uh, ASP.NET Core, a uh, whole lots of good things being uh, shoved out and an early release from Microsoft. And uh, one of the brand new features of this release is Razor Pages. And uh, there was some banter going back and forth on Twitter that uh, you and I were both commenting on. So I thought it'd be time to do a great podcast on the subject of razor pages and uh, i'm thankful that you made some time for me today oh yeah no problem i've been uh, definitely eagerly following asp.net core for a long time now um helping to uh work on the documentation at uh, docs.asp.net um, which is now you know docs.microsoft.com and have an article that's probably out by the time this podcast goes live on razor pages that's in msdn magazine in their september issue. So if you haven't uh, played with Razor Pages yet, I encourage people to withhold judgment on them since I know a lot of folks are kind of thinking that they're just like, you know, the web pages support that's come out in the past or or they feel kind of like web forms and MVC developers, you know, are put off by that. Have a a moment to give them a chance and and listen to this podcast at least and and see what you think uh, after you've had a chance to play with them. Absolutely. And uh, before we get started, Steve, why don't you give us a little background about yourself? Oh, sure. Um, so I've been working with ASP and ASP.NET for about 20 years now. I uh, have been working with uh, the ASP.NET team on various parts of ASP.NET Core, uh, helping them with documentation. I'm a Microsoft MVP for, I don't know, 14 or 15 years now. Uh, and I help a lot of clients who are working with ASP.NET and ASP.NET Core uh, looking at uh, transitioning, moving from MVC5 or Web API 2, uh, helping them with their architecture so they can write cleaner code that's easier to test and e- easier to change over time. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, courses out on Pluralsight. So if you want to learn more about solid principles or end tier architecture, I have some courses on those things as well as domain driven design. And more recently, I've uh, got a course on ASP.NET Core uh, at a site called DevIQ. Um, and so I have a ASP.NET Core Quick Start, which is a fairly small course that basically gets you up to speed with ASP.NET Core as quickly as possible. And I haven't had a chance to update that for Razor Pages and 2.0 yet, uh, but I expect that'll be coming soon. I have to say I've, I've followed some of your material, and um, I like the refactoring uh, principles that you have up on uh, Plural Sites, a, a good course. So if you guys out there listening want to check that out, uh, it's a uh, Definitely something that I enjoyed. Great, thanks. Yeah, that one covers a lot of different code smells and how to fix them in your in your code. That's it's always good stuff. Uh, speaking of writing good clean code, uh, maybe that's a good way to segue into the topic at hand. Um, we're we're going to be talking about the newest feature added to the uh, .NET uh, web development stack, and that is Razor Pages. And um, I, I think you you mentioned to me before that 
you, you started looking into Razor Pages after writing uh, a feature for MSDN. Yeah, so last year in 2016, I wrote an article there on feature folders and talked about different ways you could organize your MVC or, or ASP.NET application. Um, and one of the problems that I've run into, especially in larger MVC applications, is that the standard folder layout is to use the controllers folder and the views folder and usually a models and a view models folder um, to store all of your, or your various controllers and views, et cetera. Uh, and storing those files based on their file type uh, is kind of a nice default template uh, organizational strategy, but it, it tends to fall down as you get to a much larger project because it doesn't map to how you're actually working within the project. Typically, if you're adding a new feature, um, let's say you're, you're adding a customer's controller to let the, you know, the administrator you know, manage details related to customers, well, you're going to need a customer's controller. You're going to need some different customers' views. Those are going to go in the views folder. You'll probably need some view models. Those will go in the view models folder. And you'll probably need a service or a repository or, or some other model types um, to work with as well. And so as you're working on this, this feature, you are going to find that you're working inside of five different folders of different uh, depths within your Solution Explorer, none of which are next to each other because they're all you know separated alphabetically from controllers down to views typically. Uh, and it results in a lot of scrolling and spelunking inside that folder that just adds friction to the process. So there's a few different ways you can address that. Um, you can use areas, uh, which is a built-in feature, um, or you can use uh, feature folders, which again, I talk about uh, in that article, and, and there's a couple of NuGet packages out there that can help you get started on using feature folders in ASP.NET Core, um, and you can do similar things in ASP.NET MVC. But uh, Razor Pages, actually, uh, gives you a, a lot of the same benefits in terms of organizing your code uh, as feature folders do. And that's because with Razor Pages, you can have your view, which is your Razor page, along with all the actions that take place that are related to that view in your page model. And then your page model can act as the view model. So it's, it's in place uh, all in, inside that same folder as well. It really can save you a lot of, of navigating around um, when you're working with your code. So you say all of the the parts of this are in a folder or all of the pages are in a folder or, or kind of both? Well, the default organization for Razor Pages in ASP.NET Core uh, 2.0 is that there is a new root level folder called Pages. And if you're upgrading a project to ASP.NET Core 2.0, you don't have to do anything to add support for Razor Pages. They're just built in. So as long as you're, they're built into MVC. So as long as you're saying use MVC and add MVC in your startup class, you're going to have access to Razor Pages. All you have to do to, you know, start using them is add a new root level folder called Pages, and then add what are basically going to be view files in there. So they're they're a .cshtml extension file, uh, but at the top as a directive, you're just going to add the at page directive. And that will tell ASP.NET Core that this is a Razor page, and it'll it'll give it that behavior instead of treating it like a view. So the combination of the pages folder and the at page directive at the top is pretty much all we need to get started then. That's right. In an, um, in an MVC application. In an ASP.NET Core application that has ASP.NET Core MVC installed, yes. Okay. Now, uh, when we put these pages in the folder are there separate code files, or is this all of our markup and all of our uh, logic in one file? It supports both. 
Um, so if you want to, you can have you know just a simple view, uh, throw at page on it, and, and maybe it doesn't do anything. Uh, maybe it doesn't even need a, a getter or anything. Um, at its simplest, it, you can have uh, essentially a static page um, that just says at page at the top and, and displays hello world. Um, and that will just work. And you don't have to have a controller, you don't have to have an action, you don't have to have an on get or anything like that. Uh, and, and so the simple case is as simple as it gets. And that's one of the reasons for this feature to exist is that there was feedback from a lot of customers that MVC simply made it too difficult to do simple things. Like, I just want to add a contact page, or I just want to add an about page. Why do I have to add um, a controller and an action and a view in a folder? You know, there was a lot of overhead to that simple scenario. Pages eliminates a lot of that and uses a convention-based approach for the routing aspect. So you don't even have to deal with having a custom route in your table or adding an attribute to the controller to tell it what the route is. Um, everything is pretty simple in that sense. Now, when you want to do some custom logic, like most of us in, in you know, non-trivial uh, pages or endpoints on our application, um, you can put that inside of the page itself, inside the .cshtml file. But the recommendation is to put that into a separate page model. Now, you can define a page model in the page. But again, the, the preferred choice, if you're going to write code that's maintainable, is to put it in a separate class, in a separate file. Um, and then that file is ref referenced from um, the page itself. So you'll, you would add a directive saying at model, um, specify the name of the class, you know, index model or about model or whatever it might be. Um, and then that page model type is defined in a separate class, in a separate file. Um, normally by convention, you'll name that, uh, you know, let's say it's an index.cshtml, you'll name it index.cshtml.cs. And if you're using Visual Studio, it will link those together and give you a little plus sign to expand, um, just like it does with web forms and, and with a lot of other files like minified script files and things like that. So that when you're navigating through your Solution Explorer, it's very easy to see these two files uh, go together. Yeah, in your Solution Explorer in Visual Studio 2017, there's a little um, button that you can toggle that says uh, group um, nest or nest um, nest related items, I think is what it's called. And it, it'll actually toggle that on and off for you. So if there's something that is, uh, you know, like a TypeScript file that gets compiled to JavaScript, those things will be nested together. So this does this, a similar thing where uh, the code behind files, for lack of a better term, nest with the uh, present presentation file. Exactly. And yeah, they, they really are code behind files. Um, and again, I know that's one of the things that really kind of sets off uh, MVC developers that have still, you know, are cringing from the times that they've worked with web forms uh, applications. Um, these, these are not at all related to web forms. Um, they, they do use code behind files, and, and those are actually helpful in this case, just like code behind files were better in web forms than web forms that didn't have code behind files, which, which you could do. Um, so, you know, even though the nomenclature is, is similar or even the same in some cases, uh, don't uh, totally throw out razor pages with the bathwater thinking, oh my gosh, it's got code behind files, it must be web forms, it must be awful, run and hide. So there's there's no view state is what you're saying. There, there is no view state. That is true. Um, that that's the the least of it. Uh, more importantly, the those separate code behind files, those those page model types, um, inherit from a, a helper class called page model, similar to how controllers in ASP.NET uh, Core MVC typically inherit from the controller 
class that's built in. And this provides some some helper methods and, and things that are available. Um, but it's otherwise, it's not tightly coupled to anything. So you can easily write unit tests against the page model. Um, you can write functional or integration tests against uh, your pages, just like you can with controllers and actions in ASP.NET Core. Uh, so it's it's definitely not something that has a lot of uh, dependencies that make it difficult to work with, like a code behind file in web forms was, and, and pretty much still is. Yeah, just to put some things in perspective, this um, code behind scenario or model view presenter type of a pattern, uh, we're, we're actually seeing this quite a bit in JavaScript frameworks these days as well. So things like Angular and React, um, we're kind of seeing this this type of uh, uh, similar pattern that, that's being used. Um, and everybody has their own naming for them, but code behind uh, kind of goes into the, into the .NET territory. Uh, and it comes from that old uh, web forms style of doing this. Uh, but it's it's very common practice right now, and um, it's nothing that we haven't seen in in some of the quote modern JavaScript frameworks that people seem to be jumping on board with. Uh, so it's not out of the norm by any means. Right. Yeah. It really is more of a, a model view presenter uh, pattern than MVC, although it's it's kind of built on top of ASP.NET's core MVC. Um, in fact, David Fowler, one of the, the chief architects uh, of MVC and the .NET team, um, recently said on Twitter that, or, or maybe it was Slack, that uh, you know he wishes perhaps they hadn't called it ASP.NET MVC um, because it's it's not strictly MVC at this point. You know the, the page model uh, approach is is really a different pattern than MVC, but it's using all of their same framework and libraries for routing and model binding and everything else that are built into the M you know, the ASP.NET Core MVC project and, and package on NuGet. Um, and so it's it's using ASP.NET Core MVC, the package, even though it isn't necessarily using the model view controller UI pattern in this case. Right. Uh, so speaking of the, the view part of this scenario, uh, what, what type of views can we expect from this? Obviously, the name Razor implies that we're using Razor for the markup. That's correct, um, which is no different than the, the regular views inside of ASP.NET Core. Uh, and in fact, the, uh, the similarity doesn't end there. It's, it's using pretty much the same view uh, functionality. So you have support for things like layout, um, view imports, includes, things of that nature. Um, all of that stuff carries over into Razor Pages. So inside of your Pages folder, if you want to have a shared layout, um, you can have, you know, for instance, an underscore layout dot... Uh, uh, CSHTML that is then used as the layout file for your different pages, um, much the way that you do now when you have a shared folder inside of your views folder um, where you put you know layout and, and partial views and things of that nature. Um, all the all the view functionality that that you have in MVC um, you have in pages, so you can do partial views, you can do uh, tag helpers, you can do view components, um, all that stuff carries over. So the the brand new tag helpers work in this new. Razor page scenario. Correct. And they have some additional new tag helpers as well. So um, for instance, if you're creating a, an ahref uh, anchor tag in your HTML, in MVC, you have some additional tag helpers you can add to that to say something like ASP-controller is this, ASP-action is that, uh, ASP-area is something else. Um, there's a new one for ASP-page, so you can specify the page that you want it to reference. 
Um, and those exist on, on the places where they logically should, for instance, on uh, buttons, on forms, you know, et cetera. You'll, you'll find those in, in the places you would expect. Yeah, you, you beat me to the question. I was going to ask where <laughs> where the controller and action fit in on some of those uh, HTML helpers or tag helpers uh, if there's not a concept um, or is there a concept of a controller uh, with the Razor pages? There really isn't. Uh, in fact, if you look at the route table that is used with uh, Razor pages, um, there's a helper that I recently added to my blog that's a route debugger that'll kind of just dump out your routing table. Uh, and if you're using Razor pages, you'll see when you when you dump out that set of routes that the controller and the action values inside that route table are empty um, because it doesn't use them. Uh, instead, the routing in Razor pages uses a convention approach. So the location of the page within the pages folder will correspond to its route. So if you have a, an about.cshtml that's sitting inside of your pages folder, uh, it's gonna be referenced by a route of about. So if someone goes to your website and they navigate to slash about, they will get that page. Uh, if you put it inside of a subfolder, then that subfolder becomes part of its hierarchy on the URL as well, by default. You can override all this inside of startup. Um, and so you can you know, remove things from routes or, or change how they're routed. Um, but the default convention should be sufficient for most cases. So if you just need a page and you want it to be called whatever, um, you just call it that in the file system, drop it into the pages folder, and by default, it will just work. So the page hierarchy controls the routing in this in Razor Pages. Uh, and, and your tool, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can go find that. Uh, I thought that was a pretty uh, help, helpful little tool that you created uh, kind of spit all those out and uh, see what your routes look like in in a app razor page application um, so our, if our routing's being handled that way and we don't have controllers uh, and our logic is inside of these um, few pages or code behind pages uh, how do we handle events and things that are happening uh, on the page like how do we interact with the the data that's going back and forth. So again, this is normally going to be used by a convention. So in a controller, uh, you would have to add a, a method and then decorate that method in order for routing to work with it. So um, you might create a, a HTTP GET attribute to put on something to say that it will respond to GET requests or an HTTP POST. Um, you might give it a route to, to specify which route it would respond to. In Razor Pages, you don't have to do any of that if you're following the default conventions. In order to get it to respond to a GET, you don't have to do anything. It does that by default. Um, if you want it to respond to a POST or a PUT or whatever, uh, you can add a, an additional handler. That handler, by default, will have a signature of ON and then whatever the HTTP verb is. And then optionally, if it's async, it can have an async suffix. So for instance, you might have ON GET, ON POST, ON GET async, ON POST async, etc. Now, in some cases, you may want to have more than one uh, of those types of handlers on a given page, just like you might have more than one action on a controller that, that will support get. Uh, maybe you've got a get by ID in addition to a get that lists everything, for instance. In that case, you can also add a name to the handler. So you could say on get list, um, and then that, that string that you put at the end becomes uh, a variable that you can pass in so that when you're specifying an action on a, on a page, you can specify that list um, part of, of the handler name 
uh, and it will route that to the correct handler when it renders that page. And do these handlers render the entire uh, page when they uh, when they're called, or can we uh, set up like partial rendering where we have an AJAX call coming and getting just a little bit of data back? Um, by default, it's going to render the whole page. They're mm -hmm. they're basically equivalent to a view, so you can have um, you know some some smaller pages. You can have partial views and things like that. They're still supported, but the there's no uh, notion like from web forms where you've got a you know I can't remember the name of the thing, but um, like an AJAX part of the page that that reloads itself or something like that. Um, you'd have to code that yourself with with JavaScript on the client if you were looking for something like that. The Razor pages. Typically, you're not going to see them used for APIs. Uh, like sometimes you'll see MVC controllers used for APIs where they can just return, you know, JSON or what have you. Um, that was more prevalent in MVC5, I think, than ASP.NET Core, just because web APIs are so much easier to do in Core um, than they were in, in MVC, where web API was a separate standalone um, package. So I, I, I wouldn't expect to see too many cases where you would have uh, Ajax calls or JavaScript calls calling back to a page as opposed to calling back to a separate API method. So can can we mix in things that are part of the MVC world in with Razor Pages and have uh, a controller, you know, model view controller scenario with the Razor Pages also? Because if I remember back, you said if we add a page directory to our project and, and just put the at page um, decorator on on a razor page, then we have the support. Does that mean that we have everything in one if we want it? Yes, you can actually have pages run side by side with views, um, with controllers, with APIs, um, all inside the same ASP.NET Core application. So there's there's nothing to prevent you from doing that. Uh, you do have to be careful that you don't have routes that are inside of the controller side of things that happen to have the same convention as a page with its convention would have. You'll end up with a, a conflict there, and you'll get an error saying that the you know the routing engine couldn't determine which one it should use. Um, but other than that, they they can exist side by side perfectly well. So if we wanted to have things that are doing pure uh, JSON uh, responses, we could spin up a web API and and do it that way. Yep. Yeah, you can just drop those into your controllers folder or API controllers or whatever wherever you want to put it inside your project. Um, those can still exist, and those can return JSON or or action results that that are you know, going to use whatever content is negotiated with the client. Um, all that stuff works the same, and it, and it works side by side with Razor Pages inside the same project if you want. So, so far, it just sounds like we have some additional flexibility that we didn't have prior to this being released. Um, does this look to you maybe like a um, kind of baby step for people getting to .NET development on uh, doing web applications, or uh, is it simplified enough for that? type of a thing? I think it, it does serve that purpose to some extent. And I think that that probably is a target audience for this. Um, they, Microsoft um, shipped web pages with web matrix back in 2010. And that was primarily targeted at novice web developers um, and was pretty much ignored by most ASP.NET developers that were already you know comfortable with ASP.NET and, and with MVC at that time. Um, with Razor Pages, I think Microsoft risks uh, them being perceived the same, and that many experienced developers will just ignore them outright and say, "Well, you know, those are those are training wheels for for new developers. I'm just I don't need that. I'm I know what I'm doing." Um, and I think that developers that do that 
might be missing out on another useful tool in their toolbox and that razor pages are really much more than that uh, because they are architecturally sound they're they're built on top of the same features as everything else that you're used to in asp.net core and, and in mvc so they do have a, a a good place for you know at least for simple things where you don't really need a controller you don't really need a separate action method um, you don't really necessarily want to have a separate view model class uh, maybe you you know just want to add a page that just you know is the about page for the application um, they're great for that uh, I would argue too that you might consider them even for more complex scenarios where you know you have a crud based form uh, it has you know basically get and post and you know those types of uh, action methods typically that you would specify an MVC and you don't want to have to have a whole bunch of different files and a whole bunch of different folders just to deal with this thing uh, instead, you could create, you know, a page or or a couple of pages inside of a, a folder in your pages folder, um, and and put all your logic there, and not have to scatter it across uh, a half a dozen different folders inside your web project. Yeah, I'm really interested in trying this out myself uh, and getting my hands on it. And uh, like you said earlier, uh, I did actually have this confused with the ASP.NET web pages. Uh, until I read a couple blog posts on what was actually being done. And uh, now it seems like uh, there, there could be some really valid uses for it. So I'm looking forward to getting a hold of it, uh, kicking the tires, checking it out, and, and making some you know experience-based decisions on, on what we've got now. Yeah, and and it's, it's a pretty easy thing to switch back and forth from. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, at some point Microsoft or a third party creates a tool that will let you switch to and from Razor Pages from uh, MVC controllers and views. Uh, I, I cover in the MSDN article um, a, you know, a series of steps that you would take to take uh, an action and a view with a controller and convert that into a Razor Page or vice versa. Um, and it's it's not that difficult. You know, I think there's 10 steps in the article, but it's they're, they're simple steps like you know, move this file here and rename this action to this and things like that. Um, and if you just follow those, you know, 99% of the time, I think, um, you'll be able to take simple MVC, uh, controller action view based, uh, pages in air quotes, um, and convert them into razor pages, uh, that consist of just a single page .cshtml and a page model in a separate CS file, uh, that's backing it. So I'll, I'll ask you one more question here and try not to get too far off topic. Uh, I hear a lot of rumblings about uh, these JavaScript frameworks really taking over Angular, React, Vue, JS, things like that. Uh, with Razor Pages coming out, um, what's your, your personal take on uh, server-side rendering, You know, using things like Razor, tag helpers, and HTML helpers? Is this still a popular approach to doing web development? I think it is for a lot of scenarios, but I do definitely see a lot of value in moving toward um, JavaScript frameworks for more complex uh, data handling scenarios. We, we see in the industry this back and forth from um, thick client and thin client and server-side processing versus client-side processing. Um, and the rise of SPA frameworks and, and better and better functionality for managing state on the client and, and really turning the browser into a thick client um, application uh, is, is just a, a trend that's been heading in that direction for, for quite some time. And I think for almost any uh, heavy duty application 
that, that you're writing that has a lot of needs on the client side where the users expect uh, a very rich interface for, for working with data. Um, I think that uh, frameworks like Angular and Vue.js and, and things like that make a lot of sense and, and play nicely with um, ASP.NET Core's uh, web API support that's built into MVC. Um, and then when you want to have views that, that simply display stuff server side, uh, there's still a place for that. And you can have an application that you know uses each when it makes sense um, using the, the Microsoft frameworks on the, on the server side um, and your JavaScript framework of choice for your client rendering. Yeah, I think that was uh, excellently put. Uh, you know, use the right tool for the job is usually what it boils down to. Right. Uh, I think a lot of us developers, especially in the corporate world uh, that do line of business applications, we run into a lot of scenarios where we're just doing data entry. Uh, it doesn't have to be flashy or fancy. It just needs to get done, and you have to have the inputs there to let somebody key in some data. Um, but then there's you know larger projects that may be uh, customer facing and open to the outside web that need to have that extra polish and finish and uh, reactiveness to uh, user input and stuff like that. So all those things have their places. Um, so personally, I don't see server side rendering with uh, C sharp going away anytime soon. Um, and in addition to that, uh, if you want to comment, Steve, uh, feel free. But I've been following the uh, WebAssembly stuff pretty closely. And I'm starting to see some experiments out there. Uh, one of them is called Blazor, uh, which is really cool. That lets us do uh, C sharp development on the client. Uh, so we we may see um, our .NET tools uh, come into this this uh, client space where we haven't seen them before, and be able to write things like Razor right you know on the client side. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I've not heard of that. Um, the the best. Uh tool for doing C-sharp on the client that I've used uh, was Silverlight. So I haven't seen uh, anything in, in a few years that, that would uh, do the same thing. And of course, you know, that kind of went by the wayside when mobile clients stopped supporting any kind of plugins for their browsers. Is Blazor just basically written in JavaScript um, or how's it, how's it working? So it's, it's dependent on uh, WebAssembly being uh, something that's baked into the browser and uh, it's going to use WebAssembly and compile down to uh, bytecode uh, that can be run directly on the client. So it's something that's far off in the distance still, but it's uh, something that's being played with right now, and I'm keeping a close eye on it. I definitely like uh, writing C-sharp code and working in .NET. Um, I don't have anything against JavaScript. It's just another, again, another tool in my toolbox. So I'd like to see uh, some some ground get gained by .NET on the uh, client side of this uh, web application scenario. I think it'd be cool to see uh, what we can accomplish with it. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. I'll have to check that out more. Yeah, the I'll put some uh, links in the show notes to that as well. It's called Blazor. Again, it's very early, you know, just um, uh, R&D stages on this type of thing, but uh, it's still uh, cool to check out. And um, it's actually... Uh, a project of Steve Sanderson. He's the one that uh, headed the uh, uh, .NET templates for Angular and, and uh, React for ASP.NET 2.0. Um, so, you know, it's in good hands. Uh, and again, it's it's not coming from somebody that's trying to defeat JavaScript or something crazy like that. Uh, it's just somebody looking for another way uh, to, to implement these client-side activities. Uh, so it's cool stuff. We'll put that in the show notes as well. 
And uh, speaking of, um, Steve, is there there anything that uh, we can talk about of yours? Where can we find you? Uh, do you have any new classes out there that you'd like to talk about? Um, sure, yeah. So online, if people are interested, they can uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm Ardallis because, uh, you know, Steve Smith is a pretty common name and it's hard to get that username anywhere. And, and likewise, I have a blog at ardallis.com. That's A-R-D-A-L-I-S. And I've got a, a newsletter with uh, a little over a thousand subscribers now where I've been doing weekly dev tips for the last year and a half or so. Uh, and I also just started uh, doing a podcast that's kind of covering the same topic at weeklydevtips.com. Um, it has exactly zero followers, I think, as I'm as I'm telling you this. So, um, <laughs> but it is uh, out there in the iTunes podcast store, and and sometime soon I'll get it on Stitcher and other places where podcasts go. Uh, but it's uh, real short, you know, five or ten minute long episodes that just cover one quick tip uh, each week. So, you know, look for me uh, there, and and again, check out my latest co- course on ASP.NET Core, which is at uh, ASP.NETCoreQuickStart.com. Yeah, and always, you know, starting up any of these new endeavors like a podcast or anything is it's always a rough start when you look at those initial numbers and, and try to get followers. Uh, but I wish you the best. Uh, everybody go check out Steve's podcast. Um, give it a shot and uh, look forward to hearing from you again, Steve. Uh, I think this is the second time on the show now, and we always have a good chat, man. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you.